Hello, and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Morley Kurt, and joining me as always is Grant Alexander. Hello. And Adam Mackey. Hello. Adam is quick on the trigger for the mute button today. Right as we started, he had a coughing fit. I'm, I'm impressed that you got to it that quickly. That was good. Um, <laughs> as, as I mute the mic when I go to respond to you instead of yeah, unmuting it. You're just on it tonight. <laughs> um, what, what have you been up to this week, Adam? Uh, my workbench. It's always my workbench. Mm. I, um, yeah, I got everything out of the garage today so I can actually get some work in there because like, I can't just work in there. I need to pull everything out of my way which is really annoying because I haven't cleaned up. Um, but today I'll be getting my workbench on the floor for the first time. I'll be putting casters on it and getting it down the floor. And then I'm going to be cutting up my old workbench, getting that out of the way. And yeah, start starting to actually work on the top and getting my workbench finished, hopefully. Cool. Nice. So, so it's been yeah. on another table this whole time. Like you haven't stood next to it on the ground yeah. yet? No, I haven't stood next to it on the ground yet. It's but it's built to the same height as my current workbench. Um, Did yeah. you include the caster height? No. So that's what I was about to say. So my original plan was to make um, on each end on hinges like a flap of wood that could um, like fold underneath the workbench with casters attached, so that I could like lift the workbench up, flip the casters underneath, and move it around. But that means that whenever the workbench is sitting, I'm going to have casters sticking up on each end of the workbench that I'll most likely trip on and just be in the way. So I've decided to just put the casters straight underneath, which is going to raise the workbench about 100 mil. But really, I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. Like my current workbench is probably a little bit too low anyway because it's mm-hmm. like 980 mil, so like just under a meter high. Um, a bit over three Me? foot. You got it Now you got to <laughs> yeah, raise the rest of your workbench. By 100 mil, just a platform all the way around. Or just walk around in platform shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, because I want the work. I'm going to be moving the workbench actually quite a lot. At, at first, I thought oh, it's only going to be moved if I need to like cut a big piece of wood or because it has like the table saw built in. But I actually want to be able to pull it. Sorry, I want to actually be able to pull it out and film from behind it. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, so between me and the camera is the workbench. So I think I'll actually end up pulling it out like pretty much every day that I record. Cool. So, yeah. yeah pretty I, I feel like a hundred, you will actually notice that hundred mil. Like I, so in my old apartment workshop, I noticed that like my shoulders were getting sore when I was working um, or like my neck was getting sore when I was working at my workbench. So I actually cut about an inch off of each leg at my chair because I found, I figured out that I was like too high over everything and I was hunching over and it made a big difference. Those, if you're working at something every day, I think those small differences do make a difference. Mm, yeah. But, but as I said, I think my current workbench is a bit short. Like I am a tall guy. Yeah. So it may not be for the worst, mil. but you, I think it is something yeah. you will notice. It's pretty much going to bring my workbench up to hip height. Nice. That's good. Right. So, you're six, yeah. two, six foot two, six, six, even six, even. Yeah, so so the workbench is going from what three, I don't know, three foot two to about three foot three. You're really mixing units this episode. <laughs> Mills, <Yeah>. feet, inches, <laughs> meters, meters. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. 
Well, this week, um, in preparation for staff training at the STEAM project, I thought it would be cool to have everyone make their own notebook um, and do some book binding. So I started doing some research and then very quickly got drawn into a rabbit hole, which is absolutely fascinating. Book binding is a whole world onto itself, much like leatherworking or woodworking or 3D printing is. Um, so I decided I'm going to do like a pretty simple book binding exercise with the instructors. And then on my own, I'm going to do like a full on case bound leather book, kind of like Jimmy Duresta's uh, leather bound notebook. So I spent a lot of this weekend looking at different types of paper uh, to figure out what I wanted to order. So I got some mm-hmm. really nice 100% cotton paper um, that unfortunately is not going to arrive until like this weekend. But uh, it's been super cool. It's like so pretty and it's it, it seems satisfying in a way similar to leather work. Um, all like, you know, quiet hand tools and getting trying to get as clean results as possible. What's so up, Grant? Do you did you order from like a place called what? Oh, we got a delay. Just go on. <laughs> did you order from like a place called the Papery or some other type of uh, fun location like that, or did you just get it on Amazon? I did look at. Uh, there is a store called the Papery in Toronto, um, but all of their paper is like the big sheets of like Japanese paper. <clears throat> Sorry, which. I'm sure I could use, but it was a little intimidating um, just because mm. it was like, there's all these terms in paper making as well. Um, so I was looking at, you know, some local stores and I am getting a bunch of supplies from a local art store here. But um, at the end of the day, I did get the paper itself from Amazon uh, just because I wanted to not be rushing all around town in the small amount of off time that I have. Um it's it stinks because it's definitely a craft that benefits from shopping in person. Like I would ideally like to feel all these papers and see the different weights and how they feel. So that's one of the reasons why I had to do so much research was because I couldn't check out any of this stuff in person. Um, and hopefully it's good. I mean, it is, so I'm going to use, yeah, it's really annoying. So that was, that was fun. Uh, and it was nice to actually like get some stuff ordered. Um, and I also put out the uh, curve bent chair video, which I was very happy with. Um, and YouTube was happy with it apparently as well because the old man in the basement gave me the big thumbs up and is just recommending that video to everyone, Ooh. which is very, very nice. Nice. Um, yeah. And then I also kind of got back on the uh, stacked handle for the mall I'm, I'm going to make. Uh, since we got the bigger laser at the Steam project, it's really nice because essentially I'm laying out all the discs in a line and this piece of leather that I want to use is very linear. So I can just put the entire thing on the big laser and have it cut out every single disc in a line. Um, it, it just worked Ooh. out very nicely that cool. way. So probably will cut Do you have a say and say at the same project as well? Yeah, we have two actually. We have a Shapeoko right. and we have a Nomad, which is the small enclosed desktop one. So if you were going to buy one machine now, personally, what would you pick, a laser or a CNC? I wouldn't buy either because I'm in an apartment. But if I wasn't in an apartment, I would definitely buy a laser. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I should try and get a laser instead of a CNC. Well, they have different use cases. Um I just, the way I work as well, like I love how fast the laser is 
and how quickly like you can go from fusion to make files and um i guess a laser is going to be a lot limiting in size though isn't it like a cnc i would get like a three foot by three foot bed yeah so for a three foot by three foot bed size it will be much cheaper for a cnc than it would be for a laser um like you could get some you're looking at like 10 grand if you want a three foot by three foot laser minimum um there's a there's a pretty big variety anyway that's a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down Um, (laughs) i'm just wondering because i will be buying we're planning on buying a cnc in a couple of months i also just have way less experience with i i also just don't have a lot of experience with the cnc like i've used it a bit at the steam project but um it's not very natural to integrate it into our workflow uh, we're, we're actually actively trying to figure out how to use it more with the students and maybe get like a bank of desktop CNCs in the same way that we have a bank of 3d printers so that we can have multiple kids using them at the same time. Uh, they're just very expensive yeah. for their size. Like the desktop ones mm-hmm. aren't much cheaper than the big ones. If sometimes they're more expensive. Um, so yeah, I I can't give a unbiased view, but I, I, you know, based on using the laser a lot and enjoying it, I could definitely see myself getting a laser. Hmm. The part I can add into this, I think is that it all depends on how you think. And if you think in like 2.5 D, then I think a laser is the way to go. And if you think in 3d, then I think a CNC is the way to go. Yeah, well, I think with CNC, like our plan is to make a lot of signs, which you could do with a laser as well. But I guess uh, CNC is yeah. going to be thicker wood. Like I can actually cut a sign out of well, like a quarter inch or most, three quarter inch. A lot of sign media. shops are centered around a laser, not a CNC. Mm, which I think is where we might actually get one up. Because like so, lasers, you're going to be getting like – um, three mil MDF for all your signs and all that sort of stuff. Whereas a CNC, I could pretty much cut it out of any thicker thickness of wood sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. So again, so depends on the, the type of sign. Yeah. It, yes. What, what a lot of people do is they take something and they take a thin piece and glue it together. So they cut the yeah. like, text out. So you couldn't have like, even well, you could stack a whole bunch of them, but yeah, totally. If you, if your thought is I want to cut three quarter inch material, you're mm. not doing it with, with the cheap laser. <laughs> yeah. I also know that it's the in thing at the moment, but I'm not, I don't really like the burnt edges on the sign. I like with the laser, mm-hmm. um, which you don't get with CNC. So anyway, back to <laughs> whatever we're working on. Well, I just want to, I also want to say like, I do want to get more experience with the CNC. I, it, you know, I just haven't yet, but I it, yep. like, especially doing chunkier wood stuff. Um, that is a thing we just can't really do with a laser, even with a hundred watt one. Like I was cutting the other thing, to, sorry, just to add on a little bit onto this, but even with a high powered laser, it's not that you can cut through half inch plywood. You can cut it through half inch plywood if it has a certain number of plies, but if you add more plies, it's really difficult for the laser to get through all the layers of glue and resin. So it's not mm-hmm. as simple as like bigger laser cut through thicker stuff. Um, it just doesn't yeah. always work that way. Yeah. I do feel like a laser would be a lot more limiting, especially with yeah. material types and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. That's true. Um, Grant, mm. have you finished the bicycle yet? Well, I, I, it is almost done. It is literally, I took it for a test drive yesterday. The only thing that's not done is the seat. 
And I posted something up on my Instagram <laughs> stories. And I didn't see it until after I posted it. And apparently everyone thought it was a leather thong. Um, but I just thought, oh, wow, how much work have I gotten myself into because of how many stitches there were. But everyone thought it is, how, what have I gotten myself into and thought it was something sexual, which I guess, judging by uh, Austin's, often he, he posts the uh, the results of his, like, what is what am I working on are all uh, sexual. But uh, anyways, it's almost done. It's just waiting for the seat. But I took it for a ride, and everything worked, and I was very happy with that. It was uh, a lot of, like – Without a was, seat? I, I grabbed a seat off a different bike. What did, what did you sit on? No, I grabbed a seat off a different bike. Just sat on the pole? Yeah. <laughs> so you're you you're only saying without a seat. I'll see people bike without a front wheel. Anyway, um, you're only saying a lot of stitches because you're doing hand stitch, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because I've always thought of how easy I think it would be to make. I'm sure it's not, and someone that does it for a living is going to kill me, but I'm like making upholstery for cars and stuff seems quite easy. Like pull apart what's already there, trace out the shapes, and then run it through. Um, like a machine, a machine, like the sewing machine. It's pretty. Um, pretty I'm sure it's a lot harder than that, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, the problem comes about getting a straight line in a sewing machine. Yeah, and then combine that with you have to have two lines that are perfectly parallel, and they usually mm. have like a bunch of like the parallelness of the lines when you don't have a fence to run stuff by. Could you imagine like not having a fence on your table saw, or like using a circular saw without? Like using a any kind of guide? Could you imagine yeah. anyone who did that? I couldn't. It's always something uh, I wanted to try, but we'll see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the other thing I've been working on is uh, is that I've got my drawers. I finally installed them, uh, and I realized that I had totally screwed a bunch of stuff up, which kind of put me in like this this mood where I kind of. Like basically, I had, when I built the carcass for this, uh, the drawer thing, I, I just measured something wrong clearly, and the the drawers now have like what I call angry eyebrows. There's <laughs> this is what it looks like if you were to look at it, and I haven't figured out exactly how I want to fix it or if I want to not fix it, and then it just becomes a reminder of uh, my fail. Um, and then you, every time you look at it, you go, I've learned something here and I will never make that mistake again. Uh, things are off by just like a quarter inch and like the middle partition is like a quarter inch smaller than it should have been. So quick question about this technically, like based on how it's constructed, if you were to, so just to re-explain it again for the viewers, the listeners a little bit, the Center vertical piece is a little short, so it pulls down the center of the shelf slightly, so it curves downwards, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you just cut directly through that center support. Do you think that it would spring back up, or is it like attached elsewhere as well? So it's also attached elsewhere with a piece that I put in afterwards, that I measured and put in afterwards. Um, so I would have to cut that piece down as well. So I'd have to cut two pieces apart. And then on top of that, um, all the drawer slides it, are on it. All the drawer sides are attached to it. So if I put something together, yes, it, it might be perfectly strong, but it's not like I can put dowels. It's not like I can put a dado. Like it's all attached with dados right now. 
because mm-hmm. I wanted the strength. Um, dados that went like halfway through the ply uh, plywood. So you're putting on draw fronts that are going to hide like the draw slides and everything, right? Yes. Um, have you, you got a multi-tool, like the um, oscillating tool? Mm-hmm. Have you thought of just cutting it along the top and then add in a quarter inch slit like into there to fill in the gap? You're not right, going to see it once the drawers are closed. It's not about the seeing it um, that I'm worried about. It's the it's it's the fact that it wouldn't be as strong. I still think it would be plenty strong. I think it would, especially if you what glued if you, that. Sl- if you glued it into place, I think it would be fine for what you're using it for. You, you could also add some pocket holes, like through the side into that quarter inch into the top part. I, but then I have to cut a piece above it as well. Like why? Because it's there's another partition above it. Right. That I measured afterwards, and put in afterwards. Okay. So like I couldn't, it wouldn't spring back. It would stay down because there's a piece on top pushing it down. I think the picture I saw didn't have the piece on top. That's what it's confusing. Okay. Yeah. Very, very possible. If you saw it in the, in the, uh, if you didn't look at it, makers on zoom, having coffee discord, if you were watching it, me like point towards the camera. Oh no, I didn't see it in the actual video. No. Okay. Anyways, the, it, it has a thing at, above it, so it means I would have to cut two things, and the other thing's actually screwed in right. place. And I yeah. definitely could add a quarter inch, or I could just put a face frame. I'm not, I don't want to, want to talk about my failure here. That's not what today's <laughs> episode is about. But what it did make me feel is less inclined to finish that video. Hmm. Because okay, so then we should talk about what would keep you more inclined to finish the video. I, I, th- I was thinking about like, man finish. <laughs> I was thinking about like trying to keep it fresh because the, it disincentivized me because I felt like, like one, this project has been going on for over a year. Um, mm-hmm. And two, it just like, I, I feel like I've lost the excitement um, to this video and mm-hmm. wondered what so your thoughts I, were. Okay, so so in saying that, I think that this is actually a very common mistake that people would make. I know I've done it. Um, do you plan on putting it in the video and showing how you fix it? Because I, I think that would be a great way to make it a bit more exciting is how to fix this mistake. Totally. So there's already a bunch of other errors I made that I'm yep. showing how to fix. <laughs> so at, a, at some point, I, I question my... Uh, Someone's going to just question, what are you doing on YouTube with this? <laughs> You've made like every, uh, every single other step was a fail. Yep. So why are you showing us this? So well, just show the empty beer cans after. What's one more yeah. mistake? I, I think, I think you, <laughs> I think that could be a good video. I mean, w- w- that is a valid question. Like, why are you putting it out there? Are you putting out there to say like, this is a perfect closet. Or are you putting out there to say like, this is how I made this closet. Are you saying this is how you fix 10 mistakes that you could make while fix making your yeah. closet. I, I so honestly I, think one way to keep it fresh and exciting is to not just say, screw it. It's done. But like, to be like, I worked in it for a year. I might as well just tear this apart and fix this one thing. I don't think the fix would be as world ending as, as it is in your head. Well, it, it is because I'm like, there's a whole bunch of other things. Like I'd have to try and like, I've got, uh, like the edge banding 
Like, how do I fix the edge banding? So then I have to take all the edge banding off that piece. Yeah, and you put new edge banding on. Right. Have you ever tried to take edge banding off a piece of plywood? So what's going on the... Grant, what's you can going do above? anything you set your mind to. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's going? Like, so you've got another divider above where the the eyebrows come in to meet the monobrow. Yes. What um what is going there? Is it just an open space, or is there doors, or? Yeah, it's an open space. Open space. I think just a face like frame sweater, would be your best bet. Sweater storage. Yeah, I think adding a face frame is probably your best bet. So what I would do is if if face frame is the way to go, which it wouldn't be because then I'd change the entire, like everything I've done to this point has been without doing face frames. But so you've added edge you, banding. Yeah, it's all it's just edge banding. So there's no face frame. So but, but when I say face frame, I mean like literally the thickness of the plywood, like as in making your own edge banding. Right. So my, my edge banding is like an eighth of an inch. So I'd have to make eighth of an inch, you know, expanded. Hmm. Uh, like I've thought about that too. That is definitely on the table of something. But again, I'd have to cut off the current uh, edge banding that's there to install it. So it's like, I don't know. I just had a thought that I would uh, build a jig to hold a router across the two slats so that I could reference those as the height and set it at one eighth of an inch, do it. And then I can put in a new one. So how noticeable, how noticeable, like I know I've seen a picture of it and I noticed it pretty quick, but like, would it, would someone really notice it? Is it really going to be that big of an issue? The grant more noticeable. No, you won't because it's in a closet. So you you will, you will notice it. You'll know it's there, but I don't care. Exactly. You know, if I don't care, then it should. No one else should care. The problem is because really, going to care. <laughs> who cares about the, the what the internet says? But really, your only issue is going to be you have to like angle the top of the top drawer fronts. Right. the The issue is I'm no longer excited about mm. making this video, mm-hmm. and I had the same problem when I made my uh, a long time ago. I made a, a kitchen helper or a, I don't know children's like tower that they stand on um, for helping mm-hmm. out in the kitchen. I remember that. And when I made that video, it took like eight months to edit it because I'd lost the desire to edit that because it took so long and there was so much footage and I just didn't, I didn't see the, like I didn't, it wasn't the way I'd filmed. It wasn't no longer like worked with the way that I was filming anymore. And it just like took so long that I just looked back at the footage and went, I don't like it. So I wondered, what do you like? I know what I did in that case. I just powered through it and put out a video, but what would mm-hmm. you guys do to try and keep things fresh <laughs> or more exciting? Apparently I just delete all the footage. <laughs> my two that 200 series draws i just deleted all the footage which actually i found all the footage but i'm still not making a video on it oh but you found the footage yeah. now so yeah i know but maybe it's well I, mean, I don't know in my own experience like i i found at a certain point that my videos felt like they didn't have enough energy and eden was telling me that as well and so I, in the past like 10 videos or so, I've made a very conscious effort to use more high energy music in the videos and try to make them more fun. And that is one way for me that really works to like keep things fresh and exciting. Mm. Um, mm. 
and I'm, I find that a lot like throughout my, like my life, like music has a very palpable effect on my mood. Um, and like, it's funny, like when I'm driving to work, I'll just be like shouting out to Siri, like a song. And then I think of like, Oh, Siri play sunflower by post Malone and Ray Shremard. Cause like, that is like exactly the song I need to listen to right now. Um, okay. I have a question. I, I, yeah. Do you finish the song or yeah, are so you I used the to type be, I, of person? I, I've, I've go, I used to be really bad about song ADD. Um, like in high school, I would, I would be really bad with it, but then I learned and realized that it's a more enjoyable experience if you actually let songs play through. And sometimes I can fall in the trap of, of getting too excited and be like, Oh no, this is the song I need to listen to. And then I just kind of have to chill myself out and, and, and enjoy living in the moment. Um, you know, sometimes you need to give yourself that reminder when you get in a totally. manic state. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think like that's one way to do it for me, but you know, like that might not work for you. Um, I actually kind of agree with what Adam said, like being cutthroat with what you're including and just maybe it's a shorter video than it would have been before could be in a way to kind of just get it done. Like if you want to put it out, like, you know, not all videos have to show every part. You could, you could kind of change the approach of it, especially since it is such a big build. I think it, it's hard because you're trying to fix like a mistake and not something that doesn't work. But I, so for my workbench, I've already run into that many issues that I've just walked away and gone, I just can't deal with this right now. But then I get excited because I try and think of ways I can do it different. Mm. So yeah. I, mm. I think I'm with you. If it, if it was something that didn't work, then I'd go, okay, I've, I've got, I can solve this problem. And when it's like, I screwed up, it's like, it's more of a, like depressing look at myself like oh mm. you're you're an idiot why didn't you think this through <laughs> how did you screw that up like what where's the math wrong on your 3d model that told you how big to make things so how did yeah. you screw up from the three this is a one of the very few projects i've ever actually planned out done an entire 3d model of printed out all the dimensions from it and then somehow still acted up so yeah. actually that segues nicely like i think what you just said kind of speaks to like one of the reasons it's difficult to keep it fresh with it because you have a very specific expectation about this project like you put all this Mm. effort and time into it so it should turn out exactly like you planned it so it might be a problem more of mindset than of anything that you're going to do in the real world about it or maybe it is because if you change your mindset about it it might present an entirely new way of approaching the problem. Like what if, what if you just totally demolished that whole center assembly and turned it into something else altogether? Sure. It might not serve the exact same purpose that you originally thought, but maybe you could store something else there and it could be just different. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be exactly as you planned and because it's not for someone else, you can really do whatever you want with it. It's kind of one of the nice things about making stuff for yourself. Hmm. Definitely. That's not going to happen because I've already bought, made and bought the drawers for it. And with the place of plywood currently, um, that would be like throwing hundreds of dollars down the drain. But yeah. What what about instead of inset drawer faces, you put over the top drawer faces so that they wow. stick up far enough you wouldn't notice? I've already installed the drawers. Yeah, the drawers. I built the drawers and they're all installed and they're three quarters of an inch back. Okay, so you add a three-quarter of an inch between the drawer and the drawer front. Thank you. 
Well, how? Okay, so we're not going <laughs> to talk more about my. Thank you for trying to help. I okay, met All right, let's I move was on. trying to only use that project as a segue into our conversation. <laughs> Too bad this, <laughs> this whole episode <laughs> we're talking about grants. No, it's just right. it's like. Uh, okay, here's I, I, the thing. If you're going to clamp something together, because this is the clamp podcast, I want to talk about clamps. Okay. Okay. And it feels like it's not going together right. It's probably not. It's probably not. So yeah. don't just fu- don't ream on it, and like <laughs> you know, put your clamps as hard as you can. Because guess what? It's probably because you're bending the plywood between yep. a, a two, a, you know, a thirty-six inch section is being bent a quarter of an inch <laughs> downwards. Clamp, clamps some, don't need that much pressure. Yeah. But what? Well, this was because they were trying to get it in the the dado. Mm. So I thought that's yeah. what the problem was. Was like the glue expanded the joint and. Made it so it was a little tough to get in the dado. Yeah. But that wasn't the answer. And I didn't, you know what? The other thing, my Mark Daner shout out, I didn't check square. Because at mm. the end of it, I was sweating and me and my dad were working on it together. And at the end of it, we were both just like, that was too much work. I should have. So if you didn't square, do a dado, it would have been perfect. Square. Uh, I don't know if it's exactly that. I might have done my dados too deep. Hmm. That's the other option. Because like an eighth of an inch is not very much. Like it's not a noticeable amount. So if you do an eighth and an eighth. Yeah. All right. I, I think um, like, I have. Oh, yeah, go on. Adam. I was say, just to move on away from Grant's build, I have an issue that I'm coming up with my workbench. So my original plan was to install the top pretty much permanent, but where I can remove some screws underneath some filled in um, dowels that I could replace the top if I need to. But it, I've only just thought of it yesterday that I need a way to change the blade on my table saw. Cause my original thought was I can't add an, add a dado. So it doesn't really matter. But what if the blade goes blunt and I need to replace it? Yeah, so or you want to use a different type of blade just day to day. So, well, I, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that goes, this blades for dados and this blades for this. Like <laughs> I use one blade for everything, but, but my, my, thing is do i try and make the top more removable or do i make a big opening where the blade is and then add in like a diy um face blade thing because i, I want to have zero have clearance yeah. yeah yeah the problem is with doing that though is that means every time i replace the top i have to do that you have to although i suppose out. i could use the old one for a template so probably that big of a deal yeah, I also feel like replaceable tops are more of a consistent uh, routine issue when you're like cutting on the tabletop and painting on it. If this is the surface that you're going to be sliding wood over to cut with your table saw, I feel like you're not going to be replacing it very often for it to be a big enough issue. Unless you're also using it to cut with a well, circular saw and drill into. Well, I'm not going to be drilling into it per se. Like I'll like hold it off to the side and stuff. So I don't drill into the top. And I have this, I have this massive roll of, um, I think it's like garden. It's like plastic that you put in the bottom of your garden, like weed stop to mm-hmm. stop weeds coming through. So we have, we got it off marketplace. It was like this huge roll. Like I don't, I couldn't even tell you how big the roll is, but I've had it for like 20 years now and we've hardly made a dent in it. We use it all the time. So every time I'm going to do like painting or stuff, I'll cut a piece of that off and lay it over the top of the table. So I'm not really worried about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, in terms of keeping stuff fresh, like it, it's, it's a luxury that you can't have with every project, but mm. it, if something is, you know, not feeling exactly what I, it's, it's not jiving. I do most of the time try to just put it aside and, and work on something else. And like, yeah. actually just this week, I came up with like two new project ideas while I already was working on like two other things. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of a lot, but it's okay because I know that like, I'm going to put this one down and pick this other one back up. Um, because like you can have faith that, that, um, passion will come back. It's just, if you've been working on something for a year, I know that there's a certain amount of like, you just want to get it done this, that you don't really want to do that. You don't want to just put it down for another month and not look at it. You you have a certain amount of inertia and you're moving towards the finish line. Sometimes you just want to cross the finish line, Hmm. which is valid. It's a valid way of going about it. Is the... No, that's not over. I don't. Want, I, I keep meaning to come back to Grant's builds. <laughs> when I think of keeping things fresh, you know what I think of? It's like Ziploc bags and Tupperware. Nice. But Are no, you going taking that anywhere else, or is that the end of that? <laughs> that was the end of of that dad joke. Um, but I do. What I actually think about keeping, trying to keep things fresh or, or exciting, is I think about. Um, like the like work on a different part of the project right so whether it's like you're working on the video and it's just like you're getting having a hard time you're like thinking like i can't get through this what can i do um work on the thumbnail for a bit right yeah that that actually makes a a good point sorry um like a couple of times i've got stuck on the build and i go start editing the video and that gets me excited to get the build finished oh there you go Mm. Mm-hmm. like in anything you do not even making youtube videos but like there's a certain amount of stuff that is just going to need to get done and i do that at work all the time it's one of the reasons i i like my job here a lot more than working at the engineering firm like sometimes yeah i have to work on a computer a bunch a bunch but when i was working at the engineering firm there wasn't really other things that i could go and do like outside of my cubicle like i could do other work but it was in the same setting but at the steam project i could like step away from some curriculum planning and go into the makerspace and start fiddling around with a wooden clock or go just clean up and uh organize things um or dig out some old projects and think about how i could make them better for the summer so it it's really nice to have the luxury Mm -hmm. to switch it up throughout the course of whatever work you are doing like the other thing is I remember uh, to, to kind of switch gears a little bit. I remember when we did an ask us anything uh, quarterly, every 20 episodes, I can't remember how we decided that we're going to be doing them, but whatever it was, we uh, did one of those and Justin at bear make it was like, are you only asking this? Cause you've run out of ideas. Right. But it is something to be said about just kind of like asking your friends for ideas it can make it yeah they can give you a fresh new direction mm-hmm. right they can they can suggest something you never even ever would have thought of right yeah it's no it's very easy to get stuck in your own head and your own ideas and kind of like i was saying earlier when i'm like in the car and i'm like oh i want to listen to this song that i've heard 50 times but i feel like it it fits how i'm feeling right now you know it's it's cool to have the ability to do that but I find that when I do that, 
I subconsciously am less creative because I'm listening to something that I've heard before and I know it's coming next and it's not spurring new ideas. Whereas when I listen to music that I've new songs I've never heard before that, you know, is just like just released or something, it takes me a little bit out of my comfort zone and it allows me to look at things in a new way or, or have new ideas. It's like, it's like when you walk a different way to work, you're noticing everything different and, and finding things that break you out of your rut, like other talking to other people. Totally. And I think one of the things that like the old days of TV and radio, I used to like come across new and exciting things all the time, be it new music because I'd be listening to the radio instead of like my Spotify playlist that hasn't been amended since high school kind of thing. Or, you know, like I know like that's an exaggeration completely because obviously Taylor Swift's come out with new albums that I've downloaded, but like TV, I used to like have to flip through channels. <laughs> and so I would definitely be coming across stuff and I would just see things that I otherwise wouldn't see. And now Netflix is only showing me or YouTube is only showing me stuff uh, back when, you know, it, it's just they're only showing me what I already like or what they think I'm going to like. And you get in this, like, echo chamber of stuff and, and you can't find anything fresh or exciting. And I know David from uh, Make Something, David Picciuto, has talked about, like, unfollowing all of his woodworking people on Instagram and only following, like, a completely new bunch of people just to try and get new ideas flowing in his head. Um, yeah. It's something that I I'm definitely there think with about. Like, def- I've stopped listening to Go ahead. Sorry, the lag. My, my bad. Keep going. Okay, <laughs> I will go then. I'm pretty right there with him. Like I've stopped <laughs> listening to a lot of podcasts, just not permanently, but just for periods because I'm like, I, I get it. Like I've heard what the, I hear what these guys are saying every week. Um, it's... It, I'm not getting anything new from this. I just need a change of pace. I need something different yeah. in my ears. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Even with YouTube channels, I'm the same. Um, but I'm, I'm a bit opposite with you with the, the music. I find that if I'm listening to new music, it doesn't really inspire me. But if I put old music on that I know, it gives me that ability to just leave it in the background and focus on what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Um, which is funny. So I've kind of always wanted to like stream games. And I learned last week when we did the live stream was that I found it so hard to focus on what I'm doing and read the live chat. So trying to do, I don't know, I've always had an issue trying to do two things at the same time. So I think having that new music doesn't really inspire me. But in saying that, I think that when I listen to certain things like um, like a podcast that like that I'm using for inspiration, it helps give me that inspiration if that's its purpose, but I can't be doing something while I do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a, I have this bad habit of listening to planet money podcasts while I'm doing housework and a lot of their podcasts, they'll do this thing where they like very quickly explain a very complex economic or geopolitical idea or thing that happened and i have found myself pressing the rewind 15 seconds or pressing it twice like 10 times in a row yeah because i'll I'll start listening i'll start washing dishes and which spurs like kind of like freeform thinking for me 
and then I have to go back. And it's like, it's this mixture of these two states of mind for me that like don't drive at all. Like for me, when I'm doing housework, it's a super daydreamy state and it's really bad. It's a really bad time to listen to like analytical news oriented economics podcasts. I was like, I need to stop doing that. <laughs> the, the amount of times I've watched a YouTube video and I'm like, oh, this is completely brand new to me. And I get halfway through and go, this seems really familiar, but it's because I've only caught bits of it while I'm doing something else. That's funny. Yeah. But hmm. so whenever I'm feeling that way and I'm getting this like I'm hitting like rewind or I'm reading the same page over and over again, I stop that and I do something different. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm not getting it. Like whatever I'm trying to do, like there's nothing I used to put on a podcast and then I'd be listening to it. And there'd be like a three second gap. And in that three second gap of like no one talking because leg or whatever, you know, I don't know how anyone would ever have leg. Come on now. Uh, I would pull out my phone and I'd be doing, and I'd open up YouTube and I'd be watching a YouTube video and the podcast is playing in the background. And that's (laughs) when I realized like the only way I can listen to podcasts is when I'm doing a mindless activity, like walking. Right? Like you don't need very much mind to be able to walk. Right? Even even so then though, I listen to a podcast in the car and then I get to work and I'm like, I don't know a word they just said. The car is a lot different. There's life or death things happening there. Like you can, yeah. right? If I'm like walking, you crash your car in the rain or. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> into a bridge specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I crash my car into it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was a song. So, yeah, that's one of those <laughs> things that I go, uh, you know, if, if I want to try and keep things, if I want to get inspired, you have to s- figure out what works for you and don't try and force something. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to, like, unless you want to keep, you want to force something to try and make it exciting. It's kind of like putting limitations on a project. Like, I'm only going to do a hand tool only project to put limitations on yourself so that you've, you make it exciting that way because you're trying to figure out things that you didn't otherwise know. Yeah. I do think you do have to force it sometimes. Um, especially when I'm, if I'm ever feeling like I can't decide what to do or like, there doesn't seem to be a right way to go. Sometimes I definitely need to just like, be like, no, just got to spend half an hour focused working on this thing that I've been putting off or that I just feel like I don't want to do because that's the only way to kind of get into um, a good place with it. Like they'll sometimes, sometimes it never feels right to do something at at least before you start. Sometimes it only feels right when you've already been doing it for half an hour. Some work is just like that, but it's funny, like in, in keeping things fresh, like do you guys ever just like forget that, certain aspects of life exists because you've been neglecting them or just like doing other things. Yep. Like revisiting those aspects of life that you've forgotten about is a great way to keep things fresh. Like that was like in, so in university I did varsity track my first two years and then I stopped because I realized that like I didn't have the passion for pole vaulting anymore or a a really good reason to do it that the time commitment um, required or that, that warranted the time commitment it required. Like I was loving the social aspect Mm -hmm. of it, but the actual 
athletic pursuit, I was like, I, I, there's other things I want to be doing. Like this doesn't feel like this major hobby that I want to have anymore. So I stopped and it felt great and I had all this extra time. And then I sort of remembered like this, uh, the amazing feeling that you get from like one-on-one competitive sports because pole vaulting, yes, you're competing against other people, but it's an individual sport in that it's only one person going at a time. And I remembered Mm -hmm. like how much fun wrestling was when I wasn't cutting weight, (laughs) how much fun, like the throws of a tournament in wrestling was, or like having like a, like, you know, just a, a great, a great bout. And, uh, I was like, Oh wow. I totally forgot that, like about that feeling. And then I started doing jujitsu and kind of rediscovered that entire part of life that I had forgotten about. And it wasn't that like, I, I didn't want to do organized sports anymore. It was just that that one in particular wasn't supplying what I needed right then. And rediscovering those things that you've kind of forgotten about. I think, I, I think you don't always realize that there's lots of things you're not doing. And, um, you know, I think many people right now are very conscious of all the aspects of life we're missing, like barbecues or eating in restaurants. So many people are very conscious of that, but even within the limitations of COVID, um, sometimes you just forget about like this great park that's just around the corner that you haven't visited in months because you forgot it was a thing. And I'm totally with you. And I, I think about my son when you think about that. And the things that he can get excitement out of that I can remember, like the imagination I used to have, like playing with Hot Wheels or whatever. And I see him playing with Hot Wheels and he's got this whole story he's like developed and he's setting up all these different scenes and he's like playing a movie out in his head. And I think like there's nothing more creative or fresh than watching a toddler or a kid play whatever they are, make-believe, whatever make-believe thing they're playing. Because Mm. that is like, they have no other reason to do anything else. And it is just such this great feeling to see it. And I think back to the time where I used to be so uninhibited that I could just spend an hour doing, playing with, with, with cars for absolutely no reason. And now if I had an hour to play with cars, I would spend five minutes of it playing with cars. And then the 55 minutes remaining, I'd be planning out something else. Like to, I'd be building something or making something productive. Right. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent like that. Like my wife always has a go at me saying like, why don't you do the lawns more often and stuff? And I'm like, cause whenever time I get a spare second, I'm trying to get something done that I want to do. Not, Housework. Yeah, no, and I relate to that too, as you know, having lots of quote unquote productive things that I want to get done. And yesterday, the second the last day of my weekend, I made a I was just kind of exhausted and I made like a conscious effort of like, I'm just gonna really try to like relax this afternoon and like lay in bed. Like I slept really poorly as well. So I was like, I'm gonna try to lay in bed, read the New Yorker fall asleep if I do, that's fine. But really just try to like have a sort of mindless, um, you know, just free form relaxation time and not be trying to move towards getting these things done because I I just kind of need it. (laughs) So expanding on from what Grant said and also the topic, my wife said to me yesterday, it'd be such a great idea to take like my woodworking for kids series 
and not be in the video at all and just have my son make something by himself. Um, or if like he needs help only see my hands and not have me him do the voiceover and stuff. So I'm curious, um, do you guys have any ideas of what a five-year-old could make by himself? But le- supervised? Supervised. Yes, of course. So I would still, I would still tell him, not necessarily specifically out of wood, but I mean, I would tell him what to do, but just not be on camera. So like him actually assemble stuff. And I mean, I could still cut up pieces like I have in the past and and all that sort of stuff. Have it right. Like make him a kit. But Mm -hmm. this is where like a laser would actually come in nice because you could pop things out of laser and he could assemble them. Yeah. But I can make them myself as well. I was yeah. just trying to do a callback. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I think five-year-old uh, building stuff out of blocks is one thing I think of. And what is wood but fancy blocks? Mm. And so, you know, making something that – or even just making blocks. I've actually thought about this before, like making like DIY building blocks out of even like concrete or something. Not great for a five-year-old, but it's an idea I've sort of thrown around before. Um but making various structures, bases, forts, or little mini forts for action figures. That's one thing I always loved as a kid is making little yeah. forts and bases for like my GI Joes. Mm-hmm. I think, I think maybe trying to think of different ways to do things as well, instead of like hammers and nails, screw use screws. Cause you could easily use a screwdriver. Yeah. One thing mm. that I know little kids really like is the 3d printing uh, pens. Have you ever seen those? Yes, mm-hmm. I used to have one. Yeah, so those are very popular at the Steam Project with the youngest age groups. The other thing I was thinking is like a cat tower would be something that he could probably out of cardboard. help out with. Maybe like yeah. a cardboard chair. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I think with that, we should um, thank our Patreon supporters um, who are all – amazing we're very appreciative of everyone who supports us on patreon um if you would like to support the show you get access to the after show uh as well as the pre-show last week we didn't do one because it was as i coined it value what did i say value bad value negative (laughs) the opposite of value add because it was basically just 10 minutes of technical difficulties and echoing and terrible uh terrible just noises in your ears but usually the pre-show is not value subtract uh (laughs) might even say it's a good time um we also give each one of our patreon supporters a embossed leather keychain made by yours truly wow i can't speak right now yours keychain keychain leather (laughs) keychain um and you know if you would like to support the show but patreon isn't your thing we always appreciate if you share it with a friend that is always fantastic uh if you want to learn more about patreon specifically you can go to patreon.com slash clamp um yeah let's move on to clamendations clamendations well my clamendation this week is going to be actually i have two because if you listen to the pre-show you'll understand the second one. But the first one is a video by Bobby Duke arts. And he made a floating Island that he hung on the wall out of epoxy and uh, wooden blocks. And it looks like a Minecraft Island. It's like really cool. Um, yeah, I actually, that's the first video I've ever seen 
of Bobby's, and um, I got to say, I'm pretty hooked. He, um, I don't know, has this he like comedic right up your like alley. Yeah, yeah, like he has this comedic, comedic to him that, yeah. Uh, slowly becoming one of my second favorite channels at the moment. Um, and my second one is a pretty old song, but it's um, a song called 679 and No Diggity by Jackson Bright. And it's um, a mix of 679 and No Diggity. Um, and a, yeah, great song. I'm all, more or less just put that in for. My clamendation this week is going to be uh, Priscilla and Luke Smith. Um, I think their last name is both Smith. But anyways, Peel and L. Smith, I'm assuming. Uh, they're married, so, and I don't know, but it's 2021. I'm sorry. Uh, but they have another thing <laughs> called And They Make. They're both great channels. I think we, I mentioned And They Make before, but uh, they're putting on the uh, May for Makers uh, thing again this year. They did it last year, um, but just uh, last year I didn't. I only supported by uh, liking and following uh, this year, I've decided I'm going to go all in and do the May for Makers and hopefully get all 31 days. Uh, but it's something that you can follow along by following the hashtag May for Makers 2021. Um, and there's a prompt every single day in May that helps you to come up with some sort of content, share something about yourself or, you know, a project you're working on or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, go follow that. Yeah, I, um, I've also committed to doing that as well. But I don't know. I'll see if I get all the days done. Yeah. You don't have to get all the days done. It's all about picking days that work for you. Yeah. All right. Um, so a few nights ago, Eden and I watched uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7, which she had wanted to watch for a little while. And I uh, pushed back against a little because it seemed to me kind of just like a boring courtroom drama. Uh, and so the time before that she wanted to watch that, we watched Ocean's 13 instead, which is kind of the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, also fantastic movie, but it was super good. Um, it is a docudrama. No, is that the right word? Yeah, docudrama. Historical legal drama film, says Wikipedia. Um, it is about the... Uh, trial of eight people who were charged with inciting riots at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Um, it's very interesting, um, very emotional. Um, it was probably not the best thing to watch starting at like 9.30 because I couldn't fall asleep um, for like an hour afterwards. It's very thought-provoking. Um, totally. and infuriating in, yeah. in some ways that like this could actually happen. But as Grant uh, told me during the pre-show, it didn't all exactly happen like that. I was <laughs> actually, so I was reading the Wikipedia article and I just wanted to read this one excerpt, which I find really funny. Um, in just Aaron Sorkin, who I think wrote it and directed it, some of his liberties. So um, they say that, da, da, da. Oh, right. So in the sentencing statement, uh, one of the defendants in real life says, you represent, he says this to the judge, you represent all that is old, ugly, bigoted, and repressive in this 
country. And I will tell you that the spirit of this defense table will devour your sickness in the next generation. And this writer describes this as the most Sorkin-esque dialogue in the transcript and its exclusion from the film as downright baffling that Sorkin didn't include what was actually said (laughs) during this, which is pretty funny. But um, so yeah, not entirely historically accurate, um, although parts of it are. Um, it's also just a great movie separate and aside from any uh, historical context. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, it's a very good dramatic role in it. So if you've only ever seen him in Borat or like Bruno or Ali G, um, it kind of shows off his acting chops for sure because he's got a lot of them as well as uh, the, the rest of the cast. So totally. yeah, go check it out. It definitely deserved its Oscar well- nomination, which I don't think it won. I loved the movie. It was really good. Has the Oscars already been on? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, and to round out our episode this week, we have a review. Um, and I've spent many hours during the pandemic listening to this wonderful man speak. So I feel like I have a pretty good handle on his accent. So here we go. Top Hello, quality Governor. podcast with great humor and stories from the house. Yes, that includes the G-Rants. Keep up the great work, guys. From Coos360 via Apple Podcasts. Great Britain, 5121. Thank you, Karam. We much appreciate your support. You sound like you're from London. So he's from... I, I actually think is. that accent wasn't nearly as good as I rehearsed it. Um, I always feel like really on the spot with these. <laughs> I need like I need a, a moment to get in character. Um, it's I feel like Karam's <laughs> accent almost sounds partly Scottish. Like when when you're watching Outlander, his his accent to me sounds like somewhere between like British and Scottish, just because I think he's from the northern part of England. Interesting. It definitely. And now that you say it, I'm like, I can hear it. It's not like it sounds Scottish, but it sounds like it's like an English person. It's like a Scottish person trying to do an English accent is what it sounds like. <laughs> Which yeah. I guess, yeah. All right. I, I get um, it. Yeah. As always, thank you, TF Turning, for the theme music. Uh, we love it. I sing it at the beginning of the pre-show. After show, rather. After show. After show, you hmm. And... If you want to see Grant's wonderful cover art, you can see it on our Instagram page at Clampcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Clampcast and subscribe to us on YouTube, which is also called Clamp. Well, it's just called Clamp. But if you search Clamp more than Adam Grant, it's just the channel that comes up. Um, get us to 100 subscribers. We're getting there. We're, we're chugging our way along. And uh, the entire episode from last week, which we recorded live, is currently posted there along with the live chat replay. So you can see what everyone was commenting in real time um so yeah subscribe to our youtube channel like and subscribe um anywhere else clampcast.com if you want to see a little bit of the after yeah if you want to see a little bit of the after show the youtube the live stream had the after show so you get to see what we sometimes talk about well actually we deleted the the edited one so you actually get the pre-show which was pretty dodgy last week and the after show for free If you go watch it on YouTube. All right. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.
Are we that are you that young or are we that old that Tay Tay is not a thing for you? I don't know what Tay Tay is. It's Taylor Swift. Oh. Oh, okay. I've I feel like that's not a super common it, it I, is no, definitely a super it. common thing. Tay Tay is definitely short it. for Taylor Swift. 